You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. It's difficult almost to believe that it's the first week of December. Everywhere where you go into shops, into stores, you're reminded that it's Christmas. You're reminded that you have to get something ready to buy some gifts. Everybody wants a gift, wants a Christmas box, wants some presents, amen? You want some blessings. But there's something greater than the blessing. People, when they come to church, they're looking for healing. They're looking for deliverance. They're looking for breakthrough. They're looking for blessings. But there's something greater than the blessings. Turn to your neighbor and say there's something greater than the blessing. Because when you've received that blessing... You must be able to maintain that blessing. And if the blessing that you are seeking comes from the hand of God, you'll have to maintain your relationship with God. Many people today want the blessing. They want the gifts, the breakthrough. But they don't want a relationship with Jesus. They want everything that Jesus can offer. And they'll say, it's mine, it's my inheritance, it's what God promised. But they don't want to be Jesus' friend. There's something greater than the blessing. In this festive season, where it's about gifts and presents, I mean, they've, they don't even call it Christmas anymore. They just put an X there and say Xmas. Have you seen it? Because as soon as you say Christ, then you know there's a responsibility. But if it's just an X, can be anything. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10 verse 46. Many people come to church and they receive their blessing. You've heard many times people said they prayed for me and I got healed and after a while I was not healed anymore. So the problem is not the healing and the blessings. The challenge is to maintain the healing and the blessings. And we maintain the blessing by maintaining our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remaining far away from sin, walking with Jesus. We often hear the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord simply means to hate sin. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you hate sin? Ask them again, say, do you hate sin? Because during the December period is when most people backslide. Because they focus on the blessing and they don't realize there's something greater than the blessing. Think I've worked so hard, I'm going to take a break. And faith can never take a break. Because if there's a break in faith, there's a break in your relationship with God. Listen what the Bible says. Mark 10 verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with the disciples. And a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. 
Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Jesus healed him. He received his sight. And immediately he followed Jesus. It's symbolic to all of us. If you've received your blessing, that which you are trusting God for, make sure that you follow him. Many people today, when they've received their blessing, they don't follow Jesus. Remember the man at the pool of Bethesda, John chapter 5. In verse 14, Jesus said to him, Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing happens to you. What was he saying to him? He says, now that you've received your healing, you're going to need Jesus even more. Go and sin no more. Live for God. This is a mistake that people make. They think they only need God in their time of trouble. But the truth is, you need Jesus more after you've received your breakthrough. Ask these parents that were standing here in the front that have been praying for their children. Say, God, give me a child. Now that they've got the child, ask them, are you praying more or less for the child? They'll tell you, I'm now praying more for that child. Why? Because after you've received your promise, you need God even more. After you've received your blessing, you need God even more. Because of our lack of understanding spiritual things, we think we only need God in time of trouble. But when God blesses you and He starts to prosper you, or He gives you the breakthrough, you'll need Him more because you have to maintain that blessing now. The relationship with Jesus is more important than the blessing. Unfortunately today, many people, after they've received their blessing, they leave Jesus. Many of you, because you've approached God in humility and sincerity of heart, Lord, give me the breakthrough. You've not received your breakthrough, not because God does not want to give it to you, but because he's still considering your prayer request. Because you said, Lord, do not let this blessing take me away from you. If you had received the contract that you wanted, you would not be here this morning. You'd be buying your airplane tickets already for your long holiday. Let me see your hand. Just be honest. If you had gotten the promotion, you would not be here this morning. You'd not be praying, you'd not be fasting. Sometimes God uses foolish things to consider your prayer request. Simply because he wants to strengthen your desire for him. He wants to strengthen your prayer life. Sometimes God is considering your prayer request because he's protecting you. He knows if you go into that transaction now, it can destroy you. Family, there's something greater than the blessing. Most people think, if I can just get healing, I'll be happy. If I can just get a husband or a wife, I'll be happy. If I can just get the breakthrough, it will be okay. And they think the blessing or the healing or the breakthrough is the end. It's not the end. It's the means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a greater blessing. Have you been pursuing the greater blessing, the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you just pursuing the blessing? In this festive season, 
let our focus be on the greater blessing. Many disconnect themselves from Jesus after they've received their blessing. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 6, verse 60. Family, it's all about character. God is in us in the person of character. It's godly character that helps us to maintain our relationship with God. To maintain our blessings. The greatest problem today in Africa, in the world, is not leadership, but character. How many people can say today, my yes is my yes? With how many people can you do a transaction today and say, I'm buying your car from you. Can we shake hands? And you know the deal is done. No, you say, I'll let my attorney call your attorney and we'll have the contract drawn up. And make sure you read the small print. Why? Because people have disconnected them from truth. Disconnected themselves from godly character. Your yes is not your yes anymore. And your no, not no. And we're confused. At least David was a passionate sinner. He did everything with passion. Today people don't do anything with nothing. No passion. Remember David, when he committed adultery, he didn't just commit adultery, he had the man killed as well. But then when the prophet came to him and said, David, you are the one. He dropped his king's cloak immediately with passion on his knees and says, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned and I've sinned against you and you alone. Today people sin half-heartedly. No, it wasn't really adultery. I didn't do anything. She was the one who came to me. And then it just happened. But you're guilty, you committed it. No, it wasn't really. It happened when we were away on business. Suppose it's wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, oh. No passion, no sincerity. Have a conviction in your heart. Let sin be sin. But we've watered it down. It's not really wrong. Our society actually today, if something is sin and wrong, we just give it a new name that it's not sin anymore. Yes. There's a change of name. There's a change of authority. So you cannot have more than one wife. That's adultery. No, we're just going to give it a new name, polygamy. It's okay. You cannot bribe. The Bible says you cannot bribe. I'm not bribing. It's a complicated business procedure. If we give something a new name, then it's not sin anymore. There's something greater than the blessing. A relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we walk with Him, we walk in holiness, we walk in righteousness. Jesus is not sensitive when it comes to that. When he preached and he talked to his disciples, he said at the stage, he said to them, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be a part of me. They were offended. John 6 verse 60. And when many of Jesus' followers heard these things, it caused a stir. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. That's disgusting, they said. How could anybody accept it? Without anyone telling him, Jesus knew they were outraged and told him, Are you offended over my teaching? 
What will you do when you see the Son of Man ascending into the realm from where He came? You must allow the Holy Spirit to give you life from what I teach. For human understanding alone will be of no help. The words I speak to you are spirit-breathed and life-giving. But there are still some of you who won't believe. In fact, Jesus already knew from the beginning who the skeptics were and who he straight to would be. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one embraces me unless the Father has given you to me. And so from that time on, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and refused to be associated with him. So Jesus said to his twelve, And you, do you also want to leave? Jesus didn't back off. He says, I'm going to stand for what I believe in and what I preach. Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. Then Jesus shocked them with these words. I've handpicked you to be my twelve, knowing that one of you is the devil. Jesus was referring to Judas the locksmith, son of Simon, for he knew that Judas, one of the chosen disciples, was getting ready to betray him. If you go read John 13, verse 2, you'll see that the devil put the thought in his heart to betray Jesus. I shared with the people before the time, said you cannot say God made me do it. The Bible says when you have a desire in your heart, the thought that the devil has placed in your heart to betray, to not be loyal, when you allow that to remain there, it starts to grow and it becomes sin. And that sin, when it's grown, it leads to death. Remember, Judas killed himself, hanged himself. God doesn't say don't sin because he's a spoil sport. He knows that sin can kill, steal, and destroy in your life. We cannot accuse God. We have to walk with God and he'll help us. It's December now. Remain vigilant. Remain true to God. Remain in faith. Don't say the devil made me do it or God tempted me. You allow that thought in your heart. Young people, listen to me. Oh, school is over. I deserve a bit of a break. I'm going to go with my friends. Where are you going? Oh, we're just going to Durban, mom. Going to have some fun. There's something special arranged for us there. But in your heart, you know the thoughts. We're going to get drunk. We're going to party. We're going to get wild. I'm going to see if I can pick up a girl or pick up a guy. And that's how those thoughts go into your heart and you start thinking about it. And it leads to sin. It doesn't just happen. You don't just go and kill somebody. You don't just cheat on your wife or on your husband. You're working there and suddenly she, suddenly she comes in and she smiles. Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so great, sir. You're everything. Thought, why doesn't my wife say that so often to me? Is the devil putting a thought in your heart? Taking your focus away. If you don't deal with that thought, that thought will deal with you. And that thing starts to grow. And later on you're thinking more about that girl at work than your own wife. I'm helping some of you here. 
Job said, I make a covenant with my eyes. I don't even look upon a virgin. You young people, you want to take a break and just take it easy. You've been meditating on all the naughty things you want to do. Those things lead to death. I don't care. I'm not your mother. I'm not your father. I'll tell you the truth because I love you. If you choose the path of righteousness now, it becomes a springboard for your future. And God will excel you in life. You think you can make a deal with the devil? You cannot. Everything the devil can do to you, sin can do to you. And everything sin can do to you, the devil will do to you. It's a December time now. Take a break. Go rest. But don't let your faith take a break. There's a greater blessing in this time. Not your holiday. Not your well-deserved rest. Not your great vacation. There's a greater blessing. A time of resting is a time of hearing what God has to say to you about next year and to position yourself and to get ready. Peter followed Jesus through all of this. He made mistakes. He denied Jesus, but he never betrayed Jesus. He denied Jesus when he wanted to walk in his own strength. When he said to the Lord, I will go everywhere where you go. I, I, I. God says, well, you still I, 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 and you think you can do it in your own strength. Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows three times today, you're going to deny me. No, Lord, never me. I will go wherever you go. I will be with you. And in his own strength, before he even knew the day had ended, he had denied Jesus three times. We still deny Jesus today. But let's have a heart when we make a mistake to run to God to say sorry. Remember the prodigal son. It was pleasures of this world that drew him away from his father. He said, give me my inheritance. December betrays everything. Just pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. Go have fun, have some pleasure. But the love of pleasure is very dangerous. Because if you love pleasure more than God, you'll put it first. And if you put it first, you'll start to do stupid things. Love God more than anything. The prodigal, when he made a mistake, he said, forgive me, Father. And he came back and he received the very best of the Father. Remember the ten lepers that was healed. It was only one who came back and said, thank you, Lord. He's the one who made, was made well. He maintained his relationship. He knew there was something greater than the blessing. There was something greater than the healing. It's very important that we finish strong. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Do you know what is greater than the blessing? Starting to hear God's voice so that you can walk with God, plan with God. Blind Bartholomew started following Jesus. He started hearing his voice. One of the ten lepers came back, was made whole, started hearing God's voice. How do we hear God's voice? When you start reading your Bible, you start hearing God's voice. The more you read your Bible, the more you meditate in the Word of God, the more you'll hear God's voice. And you'll have clear instruction in what to do. 
how to do it, when to do it. You know, the Bible says, many are called, few are chosen. When I read the Bible, and I think upon Judas, handpicked by God, but because of a thought that the devil placed within his heart, it allowed him to become a betrayer. Can you see why the Bible says, guard your heart above all things? Because out of it flows the issues of life. What you allow in your heart determines your future. What you are thinking upon, what you are meditating upon will happen in time. That's why mind control, taking control of your mind and your thoughts are so important. But the Bible says, stay captive. Every thought, every argument, every vain imagination, everything that wants to exalt itself above what God has planned for you, take it captive and bring it in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your actions, your thoughts, the things that you are meditating upon, view it in the light of God's word. Because it will have an impact upon your life. Paul is one of the greatest apostles he wrote two-thirds of the new testament excuse me unusual signs wonders and miracles was done by his hands but you know what's the very interesting thing when paul was called you can go read it the bible says the church was busy praying and the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for the work of the ministry. The two of them were called together. And if you read the book of Acts from chapter uh, up to chapter 13, you'll always see Barnabas' name gets mentioned first. It's a very prominent person. God used both of them mightily. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and I say to myself, surely there should have been the book of Barnabas. But you don't see the book of Barnabas. Do you know why? Because of offense. Offense can cost you your greater blessing, your destiny and your purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, guard your heart. People today get offended so quickly. But offense is a killer. When you're offended with somebody, you become an agent of Satan and no longer agent of the Lord Jesus Christ. No amen now. You know why nobody says amen? Because offense comes to everybody is what the Bible says. Offense comes to everybody. Nobody can get away from offense. Okay, let me prove it quickly. Anybody in the past month, you didn't get offended once, raise your hand. Nobody raises their hands. Do you know who's the people that offend you the easiest? The person sitting right next to you. In your family, in your house. Very easy to get offended. You know why? Because your expectation is so much higher with the people in your family. 
because you think with your heart you know what they should do and how they should behave and what they should say and what they should do. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Remember John the Baptist, family member of Jesus. He was the one who baptized Jesus. He was the one who said, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Christ. I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. Did he not say that? He had the revelation. He says, this is the Lamb of God. Apart from having the revelation that it's the Lamb of God, he heard the voice from heaven that says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he saw the Holy Spirit come down like a dove. I mean, what an experience. He knew this was Jesus Christ who came to set the captives free. And now he's in jail. He's been taken captive. And he says to his disciples, I have the revelation. He's come to set the captives free. Can you please go to Jesus and tell him he must come get me out of jail? Tell him he must come do what he is supposed to do. What does Jesus say to him? He says, go tell him, I'm busy with what I'm doing. The blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. The crippled are walking. The demon possessed are delivered. And tell him, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He says, the expectation that you have of what I should do, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But the way that you think that I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it differently. Because God is God. As a family member, he didn't pass the test. Remember, he said, I should become less and Jesus become more. But at that stage, he had become more and Jesus had become less in his life. Because he wanted to tell Jesus what he's supposed to do. Instead of hearing from Jesus what he's supposed to do. We all make the same mistake. When we pray, oftentimes we want to tell Jesus what he's supposed to do. Instead of hear what Jesus is saying to us what we should do. At home, maybe Jesus is not your family member, but your wife and your children. And you have expectations. And sometimes those expectations are unrealistic. And without them even knowing, you can be offended with them. You can think, I'm the husband. I've worked all day. I've toiled all day to provide for these children and for the house. When you get home, you think, at least when I get home, my son will bring me a cup of coffee, my daughter will bring the newspaper, and my wife will bring me a plate of food. And you walk in, and nobody even greets you. Because they're busy studying for the exams. And you read the SMS, your wife says, will you please bring food? Am I talking to the right people or does these things only happen to pastors? And you can walk in and be offended with your family and they don't even know it. 
and you have darkness in your heart toiling here. How can this boy be like this? Is this my daughter? Is this the wife that I was supposed to marry? Did I marry the right wife? And the devil places those thoughts in your heart. And after a while you think, you know what? I'm better off without this family. And you've stepped into the trap of the enemy. That's why the Bible says, if you want to be an elder in the church, get it right at home. If you can live offenseless at home, maybe you'll be offenseless in church. But because you are so offended at home, at church you're offended as well. I've had more sermons that God has preached to me and challenged me through my daughter, through my son and through my wife than through congregation members. Because there you're living it. It's easy to preach one sermon. It's not so easy to live one sermon. It's then when you realize, now that I'm a pastor, I need Jesus more. Now that I'm a husband, I need Jesus more. Now that I'm a father, I need Jesus more. Because I have to finish strong. And when I read the Bible here, I see Paul and Barnabas. Two men called together by the Holy Spirit. Going together on missionary trips. And something happens and their paths split. And you never hear about Barnabas ever again. Because he got offended and he took it personally. Let me show you quickly. I'm going to close with this. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. Am I helping some of you here this morning? Hallelujah. Acts 13 verse 13. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So now I just want to tell you, this John, this John Mark, is a family member of Barnabas. It's a family member of Barnabas. He went with them on the trip, their first mission trip. And halfway... He said, I'm not going with you anymore. He went back to Jerusalem. They don't say if he started missing his mother's food. They don't say if somebody called him. They don't say he had a vision and an angel appeared to him and said, you no longer have to be on this trip. Stop and go. They don't say anything like that. They just say he stopped. On the second trip that Paul and Barnabas are supposed to go on, Barnabas wants to take the family member with. Paul says no principle since this man dropped us on the first trip we couldn't finish our trip and our work he didn't join he did, we did it we completed it barnabas but he didn't help us he's not coming with us i'm not taking him with he's unfaithful principle barnabas takes it personally gets angry turn to your neighbor and say be very careful of unfaithful people but now tell them, unfaithful people can become faithful people. Because the Holy Spirit can change them and they can have a change of heart. 
can happen. But the Bible says, be careful of unfaithful person. It's like a broken tooth or an ankle out of joint that you try and step on. And Paul just said, he's obviously knew the Bible. He said, sorry, this man is unfaithful. He's not going with us. And they had a serious fight, the two of them. Let me read it to you. Otherwise, I know you. Acts 15, verse 37. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contentions became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Paul just stuck to the principle. The guy's unfaithful. It's not that I don't love him. He's unfaithful. He's not going to come with us. Barnabas took it personal. Got offended. And you never hear about Barnabas again. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not personal. Tell them again, it's not personal. Tell them, don't get offended. He got so offended and he left. You never hear about Barnabas again, but you hear about John Mark again. Because I think John learned from this. He saw the hardness of heart and the impact it could have on a person. Barnabas probably went and still ministered to people. He still did things for God, but we don't know about it. We don't read about it because of this incident. But Mark, we see him coming back and Paul making use of him. Do you know what? Barnabas, I'm sure, should have at least written one or two books. But you don't see it anywhere in the Bible. But this John Mark wrote a book. The book of Mark is the book that he wrote. And he's the one who talks about the hardness of heart. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 6 verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Mark 8, 17. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Mark 10, 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this precept. Mark 16, 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked the unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him. He's the one who spoke about the widow who gave the two mites. It's this Mark in Mark 11 who teaches us that there's a clear link between faith and forgiveness. Remember, when you stand praying, believe that you've received it and you'll have it when you speak to this mountain. And if your brother has something against you, forgive him. Because he knew that faith works through love. And if you harden your heart, you can miss your destiny. Even if you've been called by the Holy Spirit. If you keep offense in your heart, it can derail you. You can become an agent of Satan instead of being an agent of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew there was a greater blessing, the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go and read, you'll see even this, this John Mark, his mother opened their house for the disciples and disciples would come into the house. You'll see on how many mission trips after this he went. In 2 Timothy, 
2 Timothy 4 verse 11. Only Lucas with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful to me for ministry. This is Paul. But you don't see Paul calling Barnabas. Offense will make you so angry that you don't even want to talk to somebody. Even when that person is a key destiny relationship. Your future is linked to that person. Offense will keep you away from him. You know there are certain people that you've cut relationships with. Pushed away. That if you had called them now, they could solve your problem in a week. But you cannot do it now. Because you are so offended. You had a fiery fight and you left there. And you've never made right. Because it's about what you want. Instead of the Lord's will. What did Paul say? He says, I have been without offense. Towards man and God. And I've been faithful towards my heavenly calling. I didn't let any relationship derail me from that. He petitioned things before God. He said, here's an agent of Satan coming against me. He says, I asked the Lord, remove him. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. See it through. But don't get offended. It's not personal. Remember, Paul was the one who had the revelation that Christ is on the inside. So he never took it personal. Remember, when Jesus appeared to him on the road of Patmos, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says, no, Lord, I'm killing the bad Christians. He says, no, you're busy persecuting me. You've come against me. Christ is on the inside of you. If somebody wants to steal from you, they are stealing from Christ. If somebody wants to curse you, they are cursing Christ. If somebody wants to despitefully use you, they're despitefully using Christ. That's why Jesus said, let me show you the more excellent way. Let me show you the greater blessing. When they curse you, if you know they are cursing Christ, bless them. Because if they want to despitefully use you, pray for them. Because you have the mind of Christ. You know there's a greater blessing. You want to maintain that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't want to start to move in the same spirit that what they are moving. You want to maintain the spirit of Christ. Walk in the spirit of Christ. When people curse you, bless you. People despitefully use you, pray for them. Somebody wants your coat, oh, take two. And don't let anything come into your heart that can rob the blessings that God has got for you. Create a habit of reading the word, of meditating in the word of God. Man's problem has been the same. Not giving Jesus the rightful place in their hearts. Remember, the thing that you love the most, you'll become like. If you love God and you worship God, you'll become like God. If you love money more than anything, you'll become like money. If you love your job more than anything, you'll become like your job. The truth is, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, the thing that you love, the thing that you worship, the thing that you show most worth to and continue to do, 
God will give you over to that thing. So if you want to become more like God, love God more than anything. That is the greater blessing. Because that is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.